Well, good morning, Cornerstone Worship Center. Won't you stand this morning? Aren't you excited to be in God's house this morning? Have you come just excited? Forget about the world for a little while and just enter into his presence, receive a word from him this morning. Aren't you just excited? I tell you, I just, I look forward after a long week of being with teenagers just to get here and just to see your faces smiling and just ready to worship God. Amen. Aren't you excited about what the Lord's going to do today? Amen. You will be. Hallelujah. Will I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies? I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a
many are thankful that there's a place for all of us in the house of God. Amen. We don't have to compete. We don't have to try to figure out what it is because God has made a place for every one of us. From before the beginning of time, he set a destination. He set a place. And if you're here this morning and you don't know that, let me remind you that you have a place in the house of God. It's your place. No one else can take it. No one else can walk in it. No one else can fulfill the call of God upon your life. No one else can reach the destined people that you have to reach. No one else. Because God has for you only. Amen. Thank you, God. Philippians 3.12 says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid a hold for me. There's something destined, like I said. There's something ahead. There's something that we have to keep pressing toward. Amen? And we can't look back. No matter how long the Israelites were in the wilderness, every time something unfamiliar happened, they wanted to return to what they came from. So I feel like God wants to remind us today there are things that we're, un, that we're familiar with and there's things that we're comfortable with in our life and we have to let those go so we can move on and get to what he has ahead for us. Amen? Because the Israelites, even right before they went in to the promised land, they were like, oh, remember the meat, remember the fruits, remember the leeks that we could eat when we were back there in Egypt. But God does not intend for us to stay in Egypt. He intends for us to go to the promised land. He intends for us to reach the promised land that he has destined for each of us. Amen. As I was just reading over this and and seeing what God really wanted us to know, I felt like he was saying this this morning. Come out of the comfortable places in your life and enter the place of uncomfortable. It's here in this uncomfortable place that I will be able to use you in ways that you cannot imagine. I'm stretching you into the unknown. I'm moving those who are willing to follow me into the territory, into new territory and new dimensions of my spirit. In this place, you will see differently, you will hear differently, and I will use you to further my kingdom plan upon the earth. Let go of the old and allow me to move you into the new. The next verse after the one I read is the one that we're really pretty familiar with where it says, leaving what is behind, I press toward the mark of the high prize of the call of Christ Jesus. And I feel like God's just saying today to his people, keep pressing. Keep moving forward. Don't let hindrances and distractions get you. Don't let what you've been comfortable with get you. Don't let those things that you're familiar with hold you. But press toward the mark. Amen.
Thank you. 
Lift up your hands. Come on, all across this building. If you're here today and you, you have a need in your life, I want you to stretch your hands towards heaven. You say, you say I've got, I've got, a, I've got a, a need. I've, I know someone that's sick or I'm sick or I, I have a family member that's sick or I, I, I have, I'm struggling on my job. I need God to make provision for me. I need, need God to help me in some form or fashion. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage and you need God to restore your marriage. Maybe you're praying for a lost child. Uh, and, and you're just seeking the Lord. This is what I want you to do. I want you to stretch your hands towards heaven this morning. Stretch your hands towards heaven with anticipation, uh, knowing that the God who loves you, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We can rejoice because we serve a God who is victorious over anything that we could ever face. So knowing that, we stretch our hands up in faith and say, Hey, God, have your will and way, Lord, in these situations today, this morning. Lord, we honor you. Can you open your mouth, begin to, to let the meditations of your heart flow? Intercede for those needs. God, we pray for every need today, Lord, in this house. God, I ask, Lord, that you would minister and touch, God, each and every situation. God, you know them all. Lord, you know the people by name. Lord, you know the situations by name. But there is no name that is greater than the name of Jesus. Lord, we stand on that, Lord. We know that you are a God who can answer prayer. God, we pray for the sick today, Lord, those who are afflicted in their body. God, I ask, Lord, that you would touch and that you would minister right where they're at, Lord, in, in, in the moment. Lord, maybe they're in a hospital bed right now. God, I ask, Lord, that you would fill that room with your presence, Lord, that you would touch their body. God, I ask, Lord, for restoration of relationships. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would turn the fathers towards the hearts of their sons and daughters and the, uh, the daughters towards the, their, the, the, the sons and daughters towards the, the hearts of their fathers. God, I ask, Lord, that you would, Lord, begin to reconcile relationships, husbands to wives, wives to husbands, God. God, I pray reconciliation in the mighty name of Jesus. God, touch, God, the deepest parts of our hearts today as we seek you, Lord. Lord, we've sang about your presence. We've sang about your holiness. So, Lord, we take a step of faith and we say, hey, God, have your will and way in this place. Come on, stretch your hands towards heaven. Satisfy like you, Lord. 
lift your hands. Lord, we seek your face, Lord. Not, not just your hands, but Lord, we seek your face. We want to know you, Lord. We want to know your heart, Lord. Lord, we want to know your heart as the people, as the bride of Christ. We want to know what, what makes your heart beat. So Lord, we, we send our, our praise towards you. We send our adoration towards you. We worship you, Lord. We honor you. We praise you. God, I ask today, Lord, Lord, that the things that we prayed for this morning, Lord, Lord, that heaven would touch them, Lord, that needs would be met, Lord, that lives would be changed. God, we give you praise, Lord. We give you adoration. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare it. Lord, we believe it. Lord, we just step into it this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the house this morning? Look at your, your neighbor, if you, if you can, give them a fist bump and say, I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. Amen. You may be, be seated. So good to see you today. And so glad that you're in the house of the Lord today. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord today? All right. Some of you cheer louder for your football team on Sunday morning than you did right there. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Uh, I tell you what, I, I am excited to be in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad that you're here today. And if you are guests with us, we pray that you feel welcome here and pray that and we're glad that you're here. If you're watching online, we're glad that you, you've joined us online. Uh, can we give all of our guests a welcome today? Give them a hand clap. Today is, uh, this week's been a good week. Uh, Wednesday, I crossed a line that I've never crossed before in my life. And I passed, I went, I got out of my 30s. <laughs> but so far, being 40 hasn't been too bad. And uh, I tell you what, I'm, I'm glad that I'm 40 because it beats the alternative, all right? And uh, it's, been a, it's been a good week. I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, this week coming up on Thursday is, is Veterans Day. And um, how many appreciate veterans? I appreciate veterans. I have two brother-in-laws who served in the, in the Navy, both of them, and uh, friends who have served in the military. 
And if you are a veteran in the house, if you've served in the military, if you served in the Marines or the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, or even the Coast Guard, would you stand? Uh, we we want to honor you today. Please stand. <laughs> Stay standing. Stay standing back here. All right. In the sound booth. We got one in the sound booth. Come on, stay standing. We got a gift for you guys this morning. Anybody in the balcony? Did we miss anyone in the balcony today? To make sure we get, get those in the sound booth. Uh, and and uh, hey, can we give all of these veterans and maybe those online that are watching today, can we give them a thunderous applause for their service? seated. We honor you, veterans. Thank you for serving our, our country, and, and many of you have been places and have, have done things that most of us can't even imagine, and, and I tell you what, thank you for, for doing that, and I get a little bit teary-eyed when I think about veterans. I don't know why, but I just do. I appreciate uh, all that you guys do. We're so honored. We wanted to give you a gift today. It, you can eat that gift, but please don't eat it till after church. All right. Um, if you if you can, but we uh, wanted to give you guys a gift today and a very small token of appreciation. Uh, obviously, your sacrifice uh, is worth more than just that gift, but we wanted to honor you today. And this Thursday, we want to stop and remember uh, all, of, all of our veterans, all right? And uh, I wanted to do that today, and uh, thank you for, for doing that. And I tell you what, it's just been a, a wonderful week. Everybody had a good week? How many of you are enjoying the fall weather? How many like the cooler weather? Yesterday, it almost got a little bit warm, you know, just like, it was like, we were kind of like, the summer was just like hanging on, just like one last little bit there, and, uh, but uh, I tell you what, I, I've enjoyed the weather, it's been, a, it's been a great, great week, and I'm glad to be at the house of the Lord today, amen? Um, I, I, uh, I want to just start by, by talking, uh, just telling you this story, there was a college professor and uh, he, he had his students take an exam. And when they took this exam, um, and when they were done, you know, at the end of class, he said, you guys can turn in your, your assignment or your test here. And, uh, and when they were coming up to turn that in, he said, I, I, before you turn those in, I need you guys all to sign uh, a, a piece of paper, a document that I have up here, each one of you individually, to say that you did not receive any outside help with this exam at all. And so as the students were coming in and turning, turning in their stuff, um, many were signing. But there was one, one student who was in the back, and he was just kind of hesitant, just kind of waiting um, to turn his in. And he got up there to, to this professor, and he said, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling having to sign this. He said, because um, when I was taking this exam, I, I had to say a few prayers on a couple of questions here. And, and the professor said, well, he said, let me see your exam. 
and uh, he looked at his exam and he studied it over for a few minutes there and he put the exam in he handed him the paper he said go ahead and sign this paper the Lord didn't answer your prayers today isn't that cute Sounds like what the Lord did to me in high school, you know, don't study and then try to get in there and ask the Lord to, to make, a, you know, to move, move the mountain for me in that moment. But uh, I want to talk to you um, on this simple subject today. Wait. Have you prayed about it? Look at your neighbor. Say, wait. Have you prayed about it? All right. And, uh. As a pastor, it, it's common for me to get um, phone calls uh, on a weekly on a weekly uh, basis, and people will call oftentimes to get advice on situations or some spiritual uh, direction or, or just some wisdom. And I've been in the ministry 17 years, and I do my best to give counsel. And, and I'm sure in those 17 years, there's, there have been times where I've given good counsel. And in that 17 years, there's been times where I've given okay counsel, not great counsel, all right? Um, but I've learned that when, I, when people ask for, for counsel, one of the things that I, I like to ask is, well, have you prayed about it? And I'm kind of shocked at oftentimes with the response that I get from people, well, well, it is on my to-do list. I, I, I haven't prayed about it exactly yet. And it kind of amazes me. Um, it's funny to me that oftentimes people want to tell me things rather than talk to God. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with coming to people and asking for, for advice. But the truth of the matter is, is this, and this is my response in those moments, is um, God is the one who can, uh, can do abundantly above what we could ask or think according to uh, the, power at, uh, the power at work within us is what Ephesians tells us. And I guess sometimes we all need that reminder in our lives. Amen? And, uh, you know, and you've heard me say this before. Prayer changes things, but here's the, here's the big thing. Prayer changes me. Prayer changes me. How many have ever had a situation in your life and you go in and you're worried about the situation? You come in and pray over the situation. And maybe the situation doesn't change, but your perspective changes. Amen. So prayer changes me. And my question for today is to all who are here under the sound of my voice, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? If not, why not? I mean, that's, that's, that's just it's so simple. I know that's not, that's not like majorly profound, but it's very simple. And, and, and I want to look, there's a, there's a, I want to look at a context here. Um, uh, you've heard me say this many times. For every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament example. So we can look at a principle in the New Testament. We can go back to the Old Testament and find an example uh, of what that is. So if you have your Bibles, I, we're going to start here in, in Philippians um, and before I do that, we're, Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. And I, I, I want to pray. I want to pray before, before we get there. Philippians chapter 4. And then uh, if, you, if you can do this, if you have a bookmark or whatever, go to 2 Kings chapter 19. So keep your fingers in those two, two locations. Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you for your mercy and grace that, uh, that you've given us. God, thank you for another day. 
God, I ask today, Lord, that as I speak, Lord, that the words that come from my mouth are not mine but yours. God, I pray, Lord, that you hide me behind Calvary today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint this vessel, Lord, that you would use me how you see fit today. God, I pray that lives would be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. So I want to look at the application of of, uh, a, a fellow in the Old Testament. His name is Hezekiah. Anybody know anyone named Hezekiah? I do. All right. I have a cousin, <clears throat> and some of you may know this cousin. His name, <laughs> his name is <clears throat> Hezekiah. It's his middle name, and um, he's named after uh, one of our great-great-grandfathers. His name was Hezekiah Skiles. Pretty cool name. Um, good old Midwest boy right there. And, uh, but anyway, so I want to talk about Hezekiah. And, and I, and I want to talk about the application of Hezekiah's life and the preaching of Paul the Apostle. Uh, this, this, is, this is amazing. So everyone look at your neighbor and say, hey, buckle up. Here we go. Um, so for every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament example. So let's, let's look at this. Today, I look at your neighbor again and say, have you prayed about it? All right. Look at your neighbor on the other side who you don't like as much and say, have you prayed about it? Philippians uh, chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading uh, verses 4 through 7. This is a very, uh, most of us can quote this verse. Most of us know this verse, or if we hear it, we can, we can pick up. Um, and it, it goes like this. It says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You know what I've learned about the Bible? If it says it once, pay attention. If it says it twice, pay good close attention to it. If it says it three times, just do it. All right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonable, uh, reasonableness be known, or moderation is the King James Version. Your, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Or uh, a way the reasonableness there can be rendered gentleness. Everyone say gentleness. So let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. How many know that the Lord is at hand? How many still believe that he's coming back for his, his spotless bride, the church? All right. The Lord is at hand, Paul would say. <clears throat> Verse 6, we, this is the part we like to quote, okay? Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7. Okay, this is foundational truth. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is a potent verse. Come on, give the Lord a hand, hand clap. So I'm going to read it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So the, the word rejoice means joy, and it, it literally means joy and joy again. Joy and joy again. Some of us, we're going through this, this uh, in our emotions, we go up and down and because it's based on, on the word happy and happenings. And it's where we get the word uh, happenings. You know, when things happen, we can get happy. When things happen, we can get sad, right, up and down. But joy is based on something that comes from the Lord and only the Lord. Matter of fact, Scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Let me ask you, where are you drawing your strength from today? So Paul would say this, joy, joy again. Let me say it again, joy, joy again. All right, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How many want the peace of God to guard your heart and to guard your mind? All right. I do. I want to do that. So I want to look at this. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Kings. Jump back there to to chapter 19. Last week we were in 1 Kings chapter uh, 19. This week we're in 2 Kings chapter 19. And there's, there's a great story here that I think there's a lot of application that we can use in our lives. All right? Don't, don't you hate when you're going through a trial? Don't you hate when you're going through a situation and it seems like that you're just struggling and nobody likes to go through, through situations, right? If you do, hey, you're a rare breed. Uh, most people don't like to go, go through certain situations. But oftentimes in our lives, we go through situations And we'll get counsel from every person in the world except the God of the universe. Right? We'll call our friends. Hey, this is my situation. This is what's going on. And and this, 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 this. And and, and we'll tell them about everything that's going on. And my question is this. Have you prayed about it? Have you talked to the Lord about it? So look at this, 2 Kings chapter 19. We're going to be in verse 14 here. It says this, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. All right. Did everyone get that? Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. Um, and, and this brings me to my first point, all right? This is my, if you're a note taker, here's my first point. He read it. Everyone say, he read it. He read it. So uh, let me give you a little context of what's going on here. Hezekiah is the king of Judah, and here he receives a letter, and he receives some bad news. And he got a letter from the king of Assyria, and his name is uh, Sunakarib. Everyone say Sunakarib. Now that's a very hard name. It's not spelled like it's pronounced at all, okay, Sunakarib. And Sunakarib was going to attack Israel, and here's the problem. This is the problem with this, when he's going to attack Israel. Uh, uh, his, the king of Assyria, his army was very large in number. They were very vast. They were known for marching through their enemies, just going and just tearing them apart. Their army was known for its physical and psychological torture methods. How bad were the Assyrians? You're about to find out, okay? When they would attack people, they would take their victims and, and their, the people that they would capture, they would cut off their limbs, they would to captivate their, their captives. They would gouge out their eyes of their enemies. Check this out. They would cut off the captives' eyelids so that their eyes could would be burned by the sun. That's brutal. That's a brutal group, right? Uh, they were known for besieging cities, and, and one of the first groups that we, that we know of historically in the Bible that would besiege cities, and they would starve people out. And then when they would do that, they would, they would stack skulls in a pyramid outside the city gates of that city to let people know the Assyrians have been here. Don't mess with us. 
as if to send a, a psychological sign, hey, don't mess with us. They were big bullies. That's what they were. And most scholars believe that they were the ones that invented crucifixion. Very terrible way to die. They were, they were very uh, 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 brutal and, and inhumane on the battlefield and psychologically. And, and they would do those things as if to say, don't mess with us. As a matter of fact, if you, if you look at this historically, the Assyrians, if you look at where they came from today, they come from what we call modern-day Syria. And still to this day, there, there is that same brutality and same mentality out of that region, okay? So, but here's what, this is it. So Hezekiah, he gets this, this letter from the king, and he has a problem. How many believe that if you got a letter from a king that you knew was coming through and capturing cities and tearing people up and cutting off limbs and gouging out eyes, it would probably catch your attention. You'd probably be a little bit worried about what's, what's about to happen. And Hezekiah gets this letter, and like most of us, he begins to respond quickly to the threat of the letter. And how many times do we do that? He has a knee-jerk reaction to something that, he, that hasn't even happened yet. How many times have you made a knee-jerk reaction to something that has not even happened yet? Oh, I've done that. You ever got a letter from the IRS? And you go, I don't want to open this. It's just better not to know, right? Oftentimes, and no, but we have this knee-jerk reaction uh, to something that hasn't happened, and it sounds like something that I do, and maybe something that you do. And first, he tries this: he go, he call, he he reaches out to the king of Assyria, and he says, "Hey, I, I have a peace offering for you, and I want to give you gold that is in our temple, and I want to attempt to pay you off to keep you away." And you can only guess what happened when the king of Assyria uh, learned of this. He only got a little bit thirstier. He's like, okay, so if you got that kind of money, then we definitely want to come into your front door and take you guys out. He only made things a little bit worse. So then, you know, so then he's struggling. Hezekiah thinks, oh, this is what I'll do. This is all in chapter 18. He says, I'll create an alliance with Egypt. Where Where did the Israelites, where were they freed from slavery from? Oh, man, isn't that, when we have trials, how, boy, thank you, Holy Spirit, when we have trials in our lives, how often do we want to revert back to where God delivered us from? So look at this, Hezekiah, now listen, Hezekiah is not a bad guy, he is a gracious king, matter of fact, God honors him and extends his life, and I'm like, God, let me be like Hezekiah, extend my life, amen, and so, and then he, first he tries to, to, to basically, uh, 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 Talk to the Assyrian king, say, here's some money, please don't come. He says, I'm coming anyways, now I know what you got, I know what we can plunder. Then he gets a hold of, uh, of the Egyptians and he says, hey, you guys have a, a lot of soldiers, you have a lot of military might at your disposal, ally with us now because if they come through us, guess what, Egypt, they're coming for you next. That's what, they, that's what Hezekiah is saying. And maybe you're here today. Listen, maybe you're here today and you feel like, hey, you've received a letter that has your fate sealed on it. Maybe that comes in the form of, a, of an email. Maybe not an actual letter, but maybe, maybe you got an actual letter. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's a job termination. Maybe it is papers being served to you for a divorce in your marriage. 
Maybe you've got those. And see, and I feel this. I feel like as a nation, we're being given letters. I'm talking on a spiritual realm here every day. And I feel that as a nation, we're receiving threatening letters from the enemy, a.k.a. Satan. Everyone say Satan. Every day in the form of news, in the form of social media, in the form of unrest, in the form of divisiveness on every turn. How many get weary? How many get weary? Sometimes you watch the news and you're just like, that's enough. I've had enough and I can't stand no more. We're like Popeye, right? And the enemy would come in and he would cause division. But we, we know this in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic power over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now oftentimes, now listen, I, I don't want you to, to take this the wrong way. Oftentimes we think our enemy is political. Sometimes we put people in those perspectives because they don't have views like us. They don't think like we do or they don't think like I do. Automatically, they're the enemy. How many know that that's a lie? That's a lie. You know, the enemy has done a really good job of putting people on this side and putting people on this side. You know what? Can I give you advice as a Christian? Stand ground. Stand ground in the Lord. Okay, listen. You, no, listen, and this is why I say that. No political solution can solve what's happening in this nation. I don't care if it's a donkey. I don't care if it's an elephant. I don't care if it's a giraffe, whatever your political affiliation is. It, that cannot solve what's going on in this nation. Political tactics cannot change men's hearts. Let me say that again. Political tactics cannot change men's hearts. Now, listen. Only a Savior named Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords can change men's hearts. And I can't help but think day by day we get these letters from the enemy and just threats. Here you go. Here you go. And maybe you feel anxious about the condition of the world or your situation, your trial or your issue. But look, look at this. Paul in, in, in Philippians 4, 6, he says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Put your situation right there where it says anything. Do not be anxious about your job. Do not be anxious about the world. Do not be anxious about politics. Amen? See, this is what I, I, I begin to think about this. If I'm anxious about situations, I can only come to the conclusion that if I am a child of God, I've lost faith in the one who can hold me up with his strong right hand. It's what Isaiah says. And, 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 and here's the thing. Speaking of Isaiah, this is what he would do. He would come into Hezekiah. And he would prophesy to the king these words. Now, look, anybody ever had somebody come in and pray for you or prophesy over you and they read your mail? And it's like, there's no way that this person could have known what was going on in my world. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak. But Isaiah comes in and he talks to the, 
to the king Hezekiah, and he says this, Ah, stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan, but not mine. Oh, man, does that sound like you and me? Lord, I want my plan. I want it to work to my good. God's like, oh, that's not the plan that I have. You're trying to carry out a plan, but it's not mine. And who make an alliance, check this out, but not of my spirit. How many times have we aligned ourselves with people that we shouldn't align ourselves with? Look at this. And that they may add sin to sin. Look at the verse. Verse 2 says, who set out to go down to Egypt. Oh, I'm talking to you, Hezekiah. Why are you calling Egypt? Why are you wanting to go down to Egypt again? Why are you wanting to, to have an alliance with them without asking for my direction? Did you catch that? Oh, you want to go to Egypt, but you haven't even asked the Lord for direction yet. Sounds like you and me. To take refuge in the, in the protection of Pharaoh. I tell you what, if I was Hezekiah, my toes would be hurting. And to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. It amazes me that oftentimes we'll align ourselves with different groups and different people. But we don't align ourselves with what God is speaking. What God says about us. It amazes me. And Hezekiah, he finally, he comes to his senses after hearing the word of the Lord. And how many know that when you hear the word of the Lord, when God steps on your toes, the best thing you can do is come to your senses and know where your help comes from. And so many of us stop and just accept what the enemy is telling us. And, and, and he tells us, hey, this is what you're going to do. And we just accept it. We just go along with it. And, and can I tell you this? The devil's a punk. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil's a punk. Listen, hell, and Jesus said this, and Jesus would say this, hell was created uh, for the devil and demons. And the devil wants nothing, it was not created for people, but look at this. The devil wants nothing more than to take you and your, and your, your family and down with him because he knows he doesn't have a hope. Can I tell you something today? You have a hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Devil, you're a punk. Man, I feel that one this morning. When you don't know what to do, when you're facing a trial, you got to act like Hezekiah and you just got to take it to the Lord. Look at this. Here's, here's, so the first point was this. He read it. And this is what he did. Look at this. Next portion the scripture says this, it says, and Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God. You alone of all the cherubim, you are the God. Oh, I'm sorry. You are the God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Look at this. I like, I like this verse 16. Incline your ear. We talked about that a few weeks ago. What does it mean when the Lord inclines his ear towards us? That means he le leans in to listen. 
He's leaning in. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of, uh, uh, yeah, that guy's name. I already forgot how to pronounce it. Which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly our Lord, the king of Assyria, have laid waste the nations and their lands. And have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods. The, 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 he's basically saying this. For all the nations that were before us, the Assyrians came in, and they took the gods that they thought were gods that were man-made, and they threw them in the fire. They basically said this. And so Hezekiah is saying this. They laid waste to the nations and their lands. They have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods. But check this out. But the work of men's hands would in stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. How many know that God is God alone? Amen. So here's the second, second point that I want to get. Number one was he read it. Number two, he spread it. Everyone say, he spread it. He spread it. So Hezekiah, he spread out the letter from the king of Assyria and in the house of the Lord. And this is what God wanted, wanted from Hezekiah to basically to do this, to return to him. The Lord wants nothing more from you if you're going through a trial, you're going through a situation to return to him. He wants to know you. He, he cares about how you feel. You say, I'm struggling. I'm in a lot of pain. The Lord is there, and he's saying, I'm here. Return to me. Come to me. Matter of fact, maybe you're here, and, and you're struggling relationally or vocationally or, or in ministry or financially and saying, hey, I, I, you're saying, help, I need a counselor. And Jesus is saying this, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <clears throat> Bobby McFerrin sang a popular song in the 80s. I remember I'm old. Late 80s, I might add, all right? Don't worry, be happy. Don't act all pious. You guys know that song. Oh, no, we're, we're just being holy up in here. I don't know that song, Pastor. Never heard that song in my life, right? Don't worry. Okay, that's what I thought. But he sang this song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, and it's a nice song. But let me tell you what it doesn't do. It doesn't achieve anything because he tells you, just don't worry about it. Be happy. Well, that doesn't get us anywhere. Sometimes when you're going through a trial, you have to have an answer. But look at this. Uh, Paul, Paul is much better than Bobby McFerrin. Sorry, Bobby, that's just the way it is. And he says in Philippians, not to be anxious, and then he tells us how to achieve that. The very next thing, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in Philippians 4, 6b, it says, but in everything by and with, oh, so how do I not be anxious? By praying, by supplicating, by giving thanksgiving. Everyone say praying, by supplicating, by giving thanksgiving. Say it again. Say by praying, by supplicating, by giving thanksgiving. Look at this. Let your request be made known to God. Let me ask you this question. Have you prayed about it? 
Maybe the reason that you're anxious, maybe the reason you're struggling is because you have not laid it out before the Lord and given it to him in prayer. Three things that I want to note about this Philippians 4, 6. It says this, prayer. And prayer is this. Prayer is communion with God. And, and, and prayer is a two-way, two-way communication. Sometimes it's only one way. Sometimes I pray, and I'm just praying, praying, and I don't listen. Anybody ever have that problem? Sometimes me and my wife are having a one-way discussion. Sometimes she's talking and I'm not listening. And sometimes I'm talking and she's not listening. But here's the thing. When we have communion, she's talking to me and I'm talking to her. And she's telling me what's on her mind and her heart. And I'm telling her what's on my mind and my heart. And guess what? Before I know it, I'm looking in those deep blue eyes and I'm, I'm my, the little tips on my, my shoelaces are melting because I'm, I'm there and I'm stuck in that moment. And God wants to commune with you. Can I tell you something? Prayer is this. When we say prayer, we're, it's, it's very general. It's very general when we talk about prayer. It, it could be like this, a very general prayer. Lord, we lift up the sick. It's pretty general, right? It's just like we're praying for everybody that's sick. What, what about this? Or, Lord, we pray for the lost. All right, but look at this. This, this next one is supplication, and it is a specific request. Supplication is a specific request. How many, when you go into a restaurant and you want your food cooked the way that you want it, you tell the waitress or the waiter, hey, I want it this way, right? I want it this way. I want the dressing on the side because last time you just put way too much dressing on there and it was way too much. I want to do it on my own. Or, hey, I really appreciate this well-done steak, not really how I eat it, Right? But it is a specific request, and it, it sounds something like this. God, will you heal my mom because she's sick? Or it might be like this. God, will you save my daughter and you call her by name? It is, it is a specific request. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, a very specific request. Here's the, the third part of that is this. And, and, and look at this. Prayer and supplication should include Thanksgiving. Oh, you know what? We're my favorite time of the year. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. You know why? Because I get to eat, 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 sleep and eat, sleep and eat, sleep and eat. How many agree with me on that? Oh, my goodness. I love, for all you people who just want to jump right over to Christmas right now, stop, let us have Thanksgiving. You can decorate your house all you want, but let us have Thanksgiving, all right? That's just me. I, I'm, I'm old-fashioned, I guess. But, but Thanksgiving, prayer and supplication should include Thanksgiving and thanks, thanking the Lord for what he has done. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you began to thank the Lord for what he's done in your life? When's the last time you got out of bed and said, Lord, thank you for the activity of my limbs today? Thank you, Lord, that I can go in and I can make coffee. Thank you, Lord, that I have food in my refrigerator. Thank you, Lord, that I have a car to get to work. Thank you, God, that I have a job. Thank you, Lord, that my, my kids are healthy. Thank you, Lord, that I'm healthy right now. Oh, you say, oh, I don't know what I have to be thankful for. You have a lot to be thankful for. If it's all in your perspective, 
And oftentimes what happens is we are, our minds get clouded, our eyes get clouded when we see a situation. And thanksgiving does not come from our hearts. We'll tell God, hey, here's my need, here's my need, here's my need. But we forget to say, God, you're a good God, and you've sustained me, and I know you'll carry me through. Amen? And I, you know, we have to say things, God, I, I'm so grateful for my house. And God, I'm, I'm grateful for my health. And Lord, I'm grateful for my job. Oh, that's hard for me to do. You should thank God for your job anyways. And Paul, he says, pray in the good times. Pray in the bad times. Pray in everything. Oh, I know, this is way too simple, Right? Most of you would say, oh, that's easy for Paul to say. He, he, he had all his prayers answered. Oh, I'm going to show you something really fast, really fast. And you may not know this. In Romans 15, he asked for prayer as he went to Jerusalem. He, he prayed that, that he would be delivered from his enemies, that his service may be accepted by the Christians, and I may come to Rome with joy. Let me tell you how God answered those prayers for him. Look at this. At the end of Romans, he was captured by his enemies in Jerusalem, and many Christians didn't want to accept his ministry. And guess what? He is a prisoner going to Rome. What joy. Can I tell you this? And some of you say, oh, I struggle because the Lord didn't answer the way I want. God can give you an answer. Sometimes his answer is no. Sometimes his answer is yes. And sometimes his answer is, well, let's wait and see. Jesus would say this in Luke chapter 11. He would say, if your child asks for bread, do you give him a stone? I would. That's just the kind of parent I am. I'm just kidding. Jesus said this, if your child asks for bread, do you give him a stone? I like this one better. But if they ask for a fish, do, they, do you give them a scorpion? And here's the thing. And this, is, this is how we got to look at this. Sometimes we're asking the Lord, say, Lord, will you give me a salmon? I, I want a fresh salmon. Lord, will you, will, you give me, will, you give me, will you give me a salmon? And the Lord is saying this, you don't understand what you're asking for is actually a scorpion. It's not going to benefit you. It's not going to help you. So God, here's a good one. God, let me marry this guy. And God's like, he is a scorpion. No, don't do it. No, don't do it. And we say, Lord, I need that in my life. Well, it'll be a stone or it'll be a weight that will just weigh around us. And Garth Brooks was right when he sang the song, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. You know why? Because God knows what's best for you. So what are we to do? We are to make our request and then rest in God's peace. Did you catch that? We are to make our request. Give thanksgiving and then just rest in his peace, knowing that he will take care of it. Look at this. Philippians 4, 7 says this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If we're going to do it, let's do it. I absolutely love this uh, scripture, and, and, and it doesn't say that he will answer the way that I think he should. 
did you catch that? I don't remember reading that in, in Philippians there where it said, you know, uh, you know, come to the Lord with your prayer and your supplication and thanksgiving and, and make your requests known. And then he'll give you uh, exactly what you want. It doesn't say that right there. But it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So regardless of what happens, it'll be okay because God is with me. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And sometimes um, what happens w- will blow your mind. And sometimes God will answer in a big way. And Isaiah would come to Hezekiah and he would say this to, to Hezekiah, seek the Lord. How do you seek the Lord? You pray. How do you know the Lord? You pray. Some of you have had one-way relation, one way relationship with the Lord where you're talking, and you need to hear and you need to commune with God. He wants to hear your heart. And Isaiah said, seek the Lord. And as he did, the king of Assyria, you know what he did? This is crazy. The king of Assyria, he diverted part of his army away towards another uh, because there was a rumor of war. So they began to move troops to another location. How many know that God can move mountains? Amen. God can move mountains. And the king's commander, check this out. The king's commander, he fired off, if you go back to chapter 18, and he's firing off still at Hezekiah and say, hey, we may be going right now, but guess what? We still got your number. We're still coming at you. He's still trying to intimidate Hezekiah. Check this out. Check this out. He says, we're going to destroy Jerusalem. And, and, And here's the thing in our lives. How many times have you got a letter? You got a letter that was discouraging. I'm not talking about a physical letter. Maybe it wasn't exactly physical. But you got some news. You got a situation, and it was handed to you. And you're like, I don't know how to deal with this. But let me ask you this. You got that letter, and you were intimidated, and you felt threatened, and you were disheartened. And, and this is crazy. This time he took the letter, and I love what Hezekiah does. He took the letter, and, and he spread it out in the house of the Lord. As if to say, Lord, I'm giving this letter to you. I don't know why he's reading right to left, but that's all right. If he was in China or Japan, he'd be doing this. He took the letter and he spread it out in the house of the Lord. I'm giving it to you. He begins to worship the Lord. He begins to thank the Lord. Check this out. Here on earth, a mountain can seem large. I, I, I climbed a, a, well, I attempted to climb a 14,000 foot mountain with my brother-in-laws and didn't quite make it. Got, got sick up at high altitude. and um, But, and it seemed like Anybody ever climbed a mountain? Like, ever, I mean, sometimes you just, you get weary, you get tired. When you're up in higher altitudes, above 10,000 to 12,000 feet, you start to feel your heartbeat in your eardrums and all kinds of weird stuff's going on. And, you know, I mean, because your oxygen content's down. And, and really, I remember when I was up there on the mountain, I just remember feeling just goofy and weird and all this weird stuff's happening to me. And I'm like, God, this is weird up here. But mountains can seem very large. Mount Everest is 29,028 feet tall. That's, that's, that's huge. It's massive. Check this out. In our life, 
the ocean can seem deep, right? The Mariana Trench is 36,198 feet deep. That's deep. But here's the thing. Even though those things are, are drastically huge to us here on earth, if I'm standing at the base of Everest, I'm looking up going, man, this is a massive mountain. Or if I'm trying to scuba dive down into the Mariana Trench, I'm not going to make it very far because the depths of the ocean are, are creepy to me. But let me give you a little perspective. If we zoom out at our earth from space, Everest is not big. The Mariana Trench is not big. It's small in comparison to that. Why are you saying that, TJ? Here's the thing. Oftentimes our perspective is, God, there's a mountain in front of me, and God's like, nah, this, is, this ain't a mountain. You don't even realize what's ahead of you. So look at this. Here's my third point. You ready for this? God shred it. Hezekiah, he read it. He spread it out, and God shred it. Look at this. When, when, when like Hezekiah, we get down, we get, a, uh, get above the situation, suddenly the problems that were so terrible or, or, or threatening to us, or they were so bad, they have a different dimension proportionally. They're not as big as they were. How many can look back over your life and have been through some stuff and look back at the trial that God brought you through and say, oh, that wasn't near as bad as I thought it was because God helped me get through that. And Isaiah would go to Hezekiah saying, the Lord has spoken that not one person in Jerusalem will be harmed. That's a bold statement. In fact, not one arrow shall enter Jerusalem. So this is what happens. So this general, he surrounds, he surrounds Jerusalem and Hezekiah is there. He's still praying to God. He's still seeking God for an answer. And the Assyrians are there. And they surrounded the city with 185,000 men, the scripture tells us. And it would, it would, and here's the thing to discredit Isaiah's prophecy, it would only take one guy to just shoot an arrow into, into Jerusalem. But they, but they did not. Check this out. That night, <clears throat> that night, the angel of the Lord came and smote the Assyrians before. Even one man could string a bow. He didn't just smote the Assyrians. He took out 108. One angel took out 185,000 Assyrians. So, man, that's a lot of people. It's what Scripture t says. And can I tell you something? 185,000 men were wiped out in a way that Hezekiah could have never, ever predicted. He could have never thought in his mind. Matter of fact, his, his first thought was, oh, I got to get a hold of, I got I to try to bribe him. Now I'm going to get a hold of the Egyptians, and we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to dig in. And, and Hezekiah could not have predicted, and no counselor could have, have directed him, or no book could have addressed it. But can I tell you, only Jesus and only God could lead and guide him to that type of victory. Amen. Can I tell you something? That is the way of the Lord. So what does he say for you and me today? How many have trials? How many have situations? How many have problems? Big Mount Everest looking things standing in front of you. 
he would say this, turn your cares into prayers. Turn your cares into prayers. I, I know this is simply profound and profoundly simple, but, but it's so true. That, that thing that you're stressing over, can I tell you, leave it at the altar and lay it before the Lord. You want victory over things? Leave it at the altar and just let God. The reason you're tired, the reason that you're struggling, the reason that you're, you're wore out spiritually or, or whatever the case is because you're trying to do it in your own power and you have to step back and just say, God, do what you do here. I trust you. You may say yes. You may say no. You may do it whatever way you want. But, Lord, through it all, I will trust you. Bow your heads with me all across this building. Here's the thing. We know. It's so simple. We know we should pray about situations, but why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? Why don't we leave our anxieties and concerns with the Lord? And I think one of the biggest barriers that we have is pride. God, I can do this on my own. I, I can do this in my own strength. If you're here today and you say, hey, pastor, I, I hear what you're, what you're saying. And I've been dealing with situations, some things that have felt like Everest. It felt impossible. But God, I know you can answer prayer. So today, Lord, I, I want to leave those things at your feet today. And if you're here and you're, you're going through something, will you, will you just lift up your hand? No one looking around, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up everywhere. Stand with me, if you will, all across this building. Let's, let's just begin to just, I want to pray with you. If you didn't raise your hand, I want you to, all of you, just stretch your hands towards heaven. I want you to pray for those who did lift their hand, those who are struggling. Those who are dealing with, 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 with issues, I, I want you to just pray right now. Holy Spirit, begin to touch right now. God, for those who, who feel like they've got impossible situations in front of them, you are a God who can do miracles. All things are possible with you, God. God, you, Lord, you do what you do. God, I ask today, Lord, that the trials and the situations and maybe the letters that have caused anxiety and fear would begin to melt away in your presence as we begin to cast our cares upon you. Lord, you do the heavy lifting. Lord, you carry those things. God, as we begin to lay those at your feet, God, I pray, Lord, that the weight of anxiety would come off of us and the weight of fear, God, and the weight of the unknown would come off of us. But the peace of God that passes all understanding would be over hearts. It would be over minds. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we declare it. God, we receive it. Lord, we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. We worship you. 
with your eyes eyes closed and your heads bowed, would, if you're here today and you say, hey, Pastor, I, I, I heard what you have to say about trusting in God, and I, I've never made that commitment to trust in God, and I don't have or I don't know if I have a relationship with Him, I want you to know Him today. That's, that's, why, that's why I'm here. I want you to know Him today. I promise you, a relationship with Jesus is the best decision I ever made in my life. It is the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I, and I can tell you, it's, it'll be the best decision that you ever make in your life. And today, He's calling you. He's calling by your name. That tug that you feel in your heart, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, come if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, will you, will you just lift up your hand? Anybody, anybody in, in the house today? Anybody in the house today? Looking around, just taking a moment, taking a moment. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray for the people of God right now. God, I pray that fear and anxiety would have no place in our hearts. Lord, the word says be anxious for nothing. Lord, the way that we're going to combat that is with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. God, as we begin to pray to you, God, we begin to lay our petitions at your feet. We give you thanksgiving and all that, that you do for us. God, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our minds and will guard our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. God, let your word be sealed in our hearts today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Will you stretch your hand this way? Thank you. You guys have been gracious today. I want to I pray this prayer of blessing for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. The Lord, make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on and give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Just a few announcements before we're dismissed this morning. Um, first, we have giving boxes right outside both sanctuary doors for offering and tithes. There's one upstairs as well. Um, we want you to always be informed about what's going on at the church, especially with the cold season coming up and some questionable weather. Um, we have an option now where you can subscribe to text message notifications. Um, so as winter approaches, this will help get the word out when service is canceled. It'll also keep you informed about all of our events and other reminders. You can join the text notification by texting CWC Judah to 94000. Um, don't forget, ladies, if you signed up for the craft night, that is this Tuesday at 7 o'clock, the 9th. And don't forget to bring a snack. Uh, we are going to have so much fun. We're super excited. Um, men's breakfast, November 13th at 8 o'clock. This is going to replace the normal men's meeting for November. So there's not going to be a men's meeting on the 30th. Instead, breakfast, 8 o'clock on the 13th. Thanksgiving baskets. There's two ways um, that you can kind of get involved in this. If you or someone you know needs a Thanksgiving basket, you need a, you know a family that needs to be blessed, um, or you would like to donate items to the baskets we're putting together. There's sign-up sheets out at the Welcome Center. Um, if you are signing up for you or someone else to receive a basket, we ask that you pick that basket up on November 21st right after service and deliver the basket to whoever you signed up 